0: Moika. hey, welcome, welcome to our, our podcast, podcast, Mastering Finland. Finland. I'm Jean and I'm from California. I'm Petra and I'm from the Czech Republic. We're here to chat about our life in Finland. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Jean and today I am here with Davide. He was actually on the podcast before in a previous episode, where he shared his story about living in Finland, so you should definitely go check out that episode if you haven't listened to it yet. But he is back, and we are so glad that he is back. <laughs> Hello, Davide
1: Hi, hi, Jamie. It's a real, it's a real pleasure to be like in your podcast. Uh, I've been listening to it uh, many times, and yeah, after the, the after the the first time that I that we had we recorded our session together. I was kind of hoping to be to be back.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad we found another reason to have you back because your episode, it got a lot of traction. I think it was just such a relatable story and the way you chose to live your life in Helsinki was, I think, inspiring to many. So yeah, we're excited to have you back.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, I'm, I'm very happy that, well, this tool, this podcast has a lot of uh, potential because it can reach so many people. So in a sense, it's nice to, share well it's i'm very happy if like my experience is going to help anyone in, in that sense and yeah it feels, it feels very nice that now that they can reach all these people
0: exactly exactly that's definitely what we hope for that we reach as many people as possible so this month as our listeners you may know that we decided to dedicate november to mental health we have had two Finnish psychologists come in our previous episodes And we thought it would be great to hear from a foreigner who has experience receiving mental health care, um, just so that we see what the other side of it looks like. So, Davide, thank you for willing to share your story. I know this is not maybe the most fun topic to talk about. I guess we'll just start with when did you hit that point in your mental health when you realized there's something off? What was going on at that time?
1: So, as maybe the listeners who listened to, the, to my previous episode remember, I had a bit of rough time when I first moved to, to Helsinki from Uvascula. It was a period of change uh, in my life because I first came to Finland in 2017 as an, as an exchange student, uh, and I wrote my master thesis uh, in Uvascula. An exchange abroad is definitely an amazing experience, I would say, for everyone. And I was always spending time in, you know, young student environment, so, if we're talking about culture shock, it didn't really affect me almost at all at that point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I I kind of felt very very happy here and almost at home already. So I I was already kind of feeling settled in. That was very nice. Uh, although well I fell in love with Finland, so I decided to why not trying to find a job and, and that's when I eventually after some struggles I managed to find a job in Helsinki and, and then I moved there. And that was a very was a very big step, not only like career-wise, but also mentally challenging and personally from the from a personal point of view, because I, le- I left behind almost all my friends uh, in uvuscula. And and I was moving to new you know new city new place new environment. Uh, I didn't know anyone there. I I had my girlfriend, but back in Uvascula though. And then I was going to join a work environment. So right. it's very different from university. As. Yes. Well, everyone can understand because you kind of have to keep relationships more professional. And I feel there's quite a difference with Italy in the sense that, well, often I hear my friends back there that they are hanging out with their colleagues or, you know, going for a beer after the shift. Meanwhile, here I, th- I feel it's, well, it's more on a professional level. So there's not maybe these kind of things. There are pros and cons about it, but definitely didn't maybe help me to settle in very quickly. Let's say right. didn't help me to like meet new new people uh, or or new friends. Right. But at some point I realized that you know I wasn't able to really uh, fit in here in, in Helsinki. Perhaps I was finding myself more and more isolated. Although I was actually meeting people, but it wasn't for some reason it wasn't going that well. Was very stressed uh well mm-hmm. of course it took me a lot of effort to to find a job and then you know land it as well so
0: right i was
1: really holding on to it so right. you know every every teeny tiny mistake that i did uh, i was like my mind was amplifying it 100 times mm-hmm. you know and things that no one would even maybe even notice like, for me they were like huge uh, <laughs> problems mm-hmm. so uh, that was really affecting uh, eventually my performance as well because uh, when you feel stressed and anxious you don't really perform at your best what started off as a very you know small thing because everyone nowadays especially is stressed and anxious that's I mean we're also in the middle of a pandemic so I guess anyone can relate.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so
1: that was pretty pretty normal i have to say but I started feeling that it's it was becoming a problem because it started lasting a a bit too long, my Mm -hmm. opinion, and things weren't changing the way that they were supposed to change. And then I also realized that it was mostly in my mind because uh, the feedback that I was getting at work was very positive, actually. So that really made me think that something was off. And uh, it took me time to realize this because you're really into your own bubble, let's say. Uh, especially when you don't have friends that really know you for long that can uh, right. detect the difference from the person you have well let's say you, you have become compared to the one that what right. well, they are used to know because uh, i i think i'm also a very easy to read person <laughs> so for, for example like with, with the friends that know me the most they will yeah. literally notice in half a second if something was off in me as well as my girlfriend she would. This very easily and and that's also of course we were always I was always talking with her about this thing and uh, she was agreeing that something was off and something was really not working in the right way. So that's when I started contemplating the idea of uh, seeking help for from professionals. I have to say that it, this wasn't the first time for me, so perhaps I was already. Well, not used to it, but at least used to the idea of you have a problem, mentally health, mental health related, you seek help from a professional. So right. back some years ago, uh, four or five years ago in Italy, I had my first experience there. I was dealing with some, with a heavy period of my life, uh, I'd say family related. So that's the first time that I had to, or I was put in a situation where psychological health was very, was very important it really really helped me and mm-hmm. gave me useful tools as well as shedding some more light on well the, the mental health support world because mm-hmm. especially as a man perhaps well it's not that i've always been told not to uh, disclose my feelings or or right. my emotions but yeah maybe it's peer pressure you know or those kind of values that you get from from yeah. side because I'm sure like, my parents never really told me anything against discussing what I feel or, or these things. But, right. But perhaps not saying anything against it doesn't equal, you know, promoting it.
0: Exactly. Like no one encouraged it or initiated an open space to like talk about.
1: Yes, exactly. Or, exactly.
0: So so you already had some experience receiving uh, mental health care back in Italy, you said, and you sought help here in Finland. And through what channel did you receive the help?
1: So I was lucky enough that the company I work for has uh, health insurance. There's a contract with a private provider. and And luckily, there was also occupational mental health support included in that.
0: Oh, wow. Specifically, mental health support.
1: Yes, yes. So that was a very, very nice thing to to find out. So this means that the company, at least in my case, uh, paid for it. Although there's a limited amount of meetings that you can exploit, which is, I think, three or four at the max. Okay. At least for the uh, private provider that we are using or the contract, the insurance contract that we have.
0: How long is each meeting? <laughs>
1: So each meeting is uh, one hour long. So I think it's a fair duration. (laughs) You can get pretty tired. So (laughs) I think...
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) A lot of talking.
1: Yeah, A lot of talking indeed. And uh, of course, it's not many meetings, like three, four meetings. is definitely not something that can easily be used to address major issues, I would say. Right. And after you have used this amount of meetings, I'm not sure. I think you can just pay normally and go on. Okay. Or you can just change channel. I'm sure that there are uh, other providers out there that you can find at different rates and these kind right. of things. Of course, the plus side is that if you stick with the same person, with the same psychologist, then I think it helps uh, also. Not only because they kind of know your story, but especially because if you find a good connection with a person, I think it's something very valuable because not always it clicks with the person you're talking to. And I think it's important, you know, to get that to get that feeling that the person or the other side of the of the table is understanding. So yeah, I was definitely happy with the with the help I got. Also comparing the two the two countries and the two types of services. I find many similarities well, there are also differences, but I don't know if maybe even culture-related, culture you know, because in Italy, for example, the psychologist there was much more talkative. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if it's just because she was talkative or, or because she's Italian. Meanwhile, here in Finland, she was more, she, she's more quieter. Although this doesn't at all affect the quality of the service. Yeah, in both cases, it was very, they're very professional and I really got great help. Yeah. Although the psychologist I've met here is, is quieter. Every time she asks me something, every time she she speaks, mm-hmm. she really goes goes on point. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a key role of uh, also mental health support and psychologist. I mean, helping you to see things from a different perspective and, and point of view, because it's just you after all in your mind isn't it so uh, you are constantly seeing things from your perspective from your perspective and although you try to analyze things from different points so hard well to get others opinion because unless you ask other people and then you don't really get it it's much harder because you need to discuss about it it's not like talking about someone's appearance like how this haircut haircut look on me i mean everyone looks at you so it's easy (laughs) but
0: in
1: in this situation you need to really explain the whole thing to people and it's definitely not easy and again linking back to previous talking about like how men express their feelings it's much even harder for men I, Mm -hmm. i believe compared perhaps to girls and women where i believe it's maybe a, maybe a cliche or i don't know if it's true but like they they talk more about their feelings already in younger age and,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I think it's a very big difference compared to two men
0: right and it's almost expected that girls are more emotional and guys should keep it together and keep it cool and not show emotions because otherwise then they lose that um strong appearance
1: yeah exactly exactly i i feel that we we should remember the difference between you know being strong and being vulnerable and you know being weak there are all three different objective adjectives and none of none of them is like i mean vulnerable doesn't is not the opposite of strong right so when i was most vulnerable eventually i feel i came out the strongest of of me
0: Mm
1: Uh, and it was it was those two adjectives at, at the same time in the same person.
0: Yeah. No. Definitely. And that stigma, hopefully, with time and more conversation and awareness, it goes away.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I. And actually, the times that I yeah, I was encouraged after receiving uh, help the first times, I was encouraged to speak more. To, to, to the ones that were my that uh, are my closest friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I only got help. I never really got any you know negative feedback about opening up. And actually, I only found found support, and that's that's really everything that I really needed at that point. Mm-hmm. So I never really had anyone making fun of uh, of <laughs> like me opening up or mm-hmm. talking about what was going through in my in my mind uh, in any period of time it's it's so interesting if you think about it because like nothing really happens and yet you are afraid of doing it right so when i was actually doing it it felt so you know nice and but also liberating because i was it was kind of exploring a new a new side yeah I must say and it was very a key factor in understanding myself more and, and being also more aware of what are what are my feelings and my emotions and you know it also showed me that also other people have these emotions mm-hmm. and it really creates a stronger bond I think and it Brings it to, right. to a new level, perhaps.
0: Definitely. I think in our previous episode, one of the psychologists was saying that when, when you open up to someone, then you might notice that the other person starts to open up to you as well. So it really might just take that one person to open up to one of their friends and make it the norm to share and to be vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. Like-
1: and also, I think that when you explore these sites, trustworthiness perhaps develops. And with a tighter bond uh, between the peop- with, between right. people, uh, you feel so less alone. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, loneliness is it's what really started everything for me in the first place when I first moved to Helsinki. So people I could rely on that were uh, able to... To listen to me and hear me in, in that period it was what i was uh, yeah, looking for
0: yeah and that just time and time again just shows how important community is
1: yeah exactly i think it's very hard especially for for foreigners when they emigrate well after university let's say or yeah. in the, this early stages of adulthood because exactly. it's very true that your your closest friends are the ones that you get during school or university times so, create creating such a bond later on. It's hard to it's harder to find. I, I mean, you need to be to be lucky to find the right people. I'm, I'm lucky enough now to be in a much better situation where I I do have a good group of friends around me, and yeah. I'm so grateful yeah. for it. But it took time. It took time, and also when I was meeting new people, I, it wasn't I wasn't really being myself at that point. Mm. So of course, you end up, you know. Uh, Maybe it doesn't click at first, maybe something. And then you start wondering why, if there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And then you get even more stressed and anxious about Mm -hmm. when you meet new people. But then again, finding some answers really makes you feel better, in my opinion. It's like, I don't know, it's like feeling feeling pain in your body and you go to a doctor and they tell you, oh, well, I don't know what's going on. Like, how bad do you feel for that? (laughs) Although the diagnosis might be Harsh. Professionals are there for a reason and they, they know how to help. They're trained right. to help. So why not, why not using uh, this very important chance, you know, why not using their, their knowledge to, to go through these things together?
0: Absolutely. Completely agree. What advice would you give to those who are going through difficulties in their mental health?
1: As we said, occupational healthcare provided me with only three or four meetings, so it was quite of a. Oh no, they're not many. Mm. So our approach was to meet maybe once every month and a half, and, uh, and you know I kind of knew how to address the problems that I had because. I spent a lot of time also before analyzing what I was feeling, right. kind of understand and become aware of what was going on. So when I got there, mm-hmm. I kind of had a map in my mind. And I was saying, mm-hmm. okay, I, I'm feeling this. And also due to my previous experience, I kind of knew a bit how to discuss mm-hmm. what was going on mm-hmm. and how to prepare myself before the meetings in order to really get the most that I could out of those. So, you know... The previous day, you do some. Bra- I, 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 you do. <laughs> I did the, pre- the previous day. I did some brainstorming, perhaps on paper as well. And then I was bringing notes to the meetings as well, because you right. know you go there, you have so much to talk about, and you right. don't really want to miss the key points. And it's so easy to you know <laughs> kind of panic yeah. and just talk and wonder. So yeah. um, to keep on track, uh, I found my notes yeah. to be very. Very, very helpful. And I feel we really went, yeah. me and a psychologist, well together. Uh, it definitely gave me the help that I needed. Well, let's call it a good experience because, I mean, I feel better than before, so it yeah. was a good experience.
0: And, and that's really great advice that you reflected yourself prior to going to the psychologist so that you could get the most out of those four meetings. And also, as you said, to hit all the important points and to stay focused.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean this works for me i'm a very logical person <laughs> engineer not mm-hmm. not really out of like a random choice so yeah. this is the way that was working for me of course for other people there can be hundreds of different ways yes. uh, but if if anyone can relate to the person that yes. they think i am uh, maybe this approach could work i was really going in with bullet points and uh, you know the, that instinct yeah. of yours to kind of like talk talk at talk and like spit out that thing and
0: like
1: speak at so high rate of words in a second (laughs) it's strong inputs but uh, then staying calm it was the key yeah and yeah and i think those points really helped me out and we managed the most of the meetings that we had available
0: yeah how do you wish people's attitude towards mental health care would change
1: this 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 ongoing very strong stigma about uh, even disclosing mental health problems that one has and, or just seeking, the process of seeking uh, mental health, uh, it's very detrimental, I feel, because people are are not very really getting used to discussing these things. Yeah. Therefore, when you actually go to, to see a professional, well, it feels hard. It feels out of the comfort zone. I feel, in my opinion, it will be... It would feel a bit easier or uh, lighter if one was a bit more used to uh, going to these right. things.
0: Yeah, definitely, it's it's not an easy thing to do. I, I'm sure there will be a lot of people who can relate to what you went through, especially as foreigners living in Finland. And oftentimes, it seems like foreigners have this similar struggles
1: yeah and i feel that many of us foreigners now uh, settling into a new country we have so much more in common than than we actually think we i mean it's very hard for anyone to go to a new country uh, just leave everything behind Mm -hmm. and start almost with a new life especially if you move alone and getting new friends and getting to know new people so it's very almost a struggle and you know be anxious be stressed and yeah. the challenges that our daily lives are putting upon us are much more demanding than the ones that perhaps we would have in our home countries so especially for us seeking help if one's mm-hmm. feel that is needed is very important in my opinion and there is definitely well, of course i wish it was needless to say but it's, there is nothing to be mm-hmm. uh, worried about and or be ashamed of
0: i i completely agree
1: Actually, if I can share one app that has been really, really helpful for me, uh, meditation-wise, is uh, Headspace. So it's a it's a free app that is also a premium version. For me, it really helped me to to relax, and also I had troubles uh, falling asleep in some points. In the sense, that I was staying in my bed like rolling for a couple of hours, <laughs> and uh, but really, this this app really worked for me. There's the, I used the free version in the first uh, the first time. Uh, it's a set of lessons, I think ten or fifteen. Uh, they are three or five minutes long. They guide you to the very very basic parts of meditation. But it really really helped me to to relax and eventually to find mm-hmm. to get back to sleep that I was missing. Check it out.
0: Yes, and we'll add the link to it into our summary. So- well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story and your experiences and just for opening up to us. We really, really appreciate it.
1: Thank to you, Jean and Petra. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you to our listeners as well for tuning in. Please take care of yourselves and we will see you next week. Bye.
1: Bye-bye.